You're listening to Accent On with Alona Europa, right here on LA Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ilona Europa and Accent On on LA Talk Radio. Accent On London edition. I'm sure everybody who watches and listens to our show know that I live in London for almost two years, but my guests, like always, are all around the world and are coming to us uh, via a London studio that we record our shows. So sometimes they are far, 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 far away, but sometimes they are very close, like today, they're in Warsaw. My two wonderful friends, guests for today, right now, are in Warsaw, in Poland, and I'm Polish. My friends also love to come back to Poland. So let me introduce my beautiful, wonderful guest for today. Larissa Baldovin, she's an artist, graphic designer, photographer, writer, filmmaker, and her husband, very known and loved bard, poet, singer, songwriter, now producer, film producer, filmmaker, Michael Michal Hoffman. So welcome to our show. Hi. <laughs> it's so fun to be not so far away from each other because last time when we saw each other, it was in Los Angeles, in, in yes. California. We had a very, very ah. good time. And uh, I met your beautiful daughter. You met my beautiful daughter. So it was a very, very fun event. But now, today we'll be talking some more about both of your life journey and I will say very heartwarming journey from Poland to America and back to Poland, back to America, etc. And I think main accent I will want to put on your beautiful, beautiful project. I'm talking about book and film that is called Pit Stop Gliwice. And this is a film documentary you both created this film together with Anya Koshikowski. So you both will tell us, I hope, a lot about this wonderful documentary. So Larissa, where you were born? Actually, I was born in Ukraine. I was born in a small town called Ostrog near Rovno. And- uh, At that time was Soviet Union. That time was Soviet Union. Okay, that's true. And Michael, yeah. you were born. Michael, you were born. I was born in Siberia. Uh, so uh, now we have already this first stop, pit stop. You are in Siberia, you are in Ukraine, and then you, Larissa, moved somehow to Poland, to Gliwice. So you will tell us your journey what really makes me, my, my heart beat so much is that we are both from Gliwice. I was born in Gliwice. I spent there almost 27, eight years of my life. My parents and my daughter, first daughter was born there. So we were walking the same streets. I remember the time very well, the time that you are talking about and the time that you are presenting in the movie. So I was watching again at morning, one more time, your movie, and I was talking to my daughter, how really, really uh, we need to see for the third time to just again and again 
remind us how life could be cruel, beautiful, unexpected, successful, heartbreaking, and but this is you both who need to tell us the topic of your movie. So please take it from there. Okay, actually it, it started about maybe 15 years ago. And actually it started thanks to Michael because Michael was documenting a lot of, uh, not only Michael, but the city of Lublin, you know, uh, Polish Jews were documenting the life, pre-war life, and uh, like I wasn't really very much interested in all this, but I was interested in preserving pictures. And I would always like dig into albums, my family albums, my friends' albums, and remember the beautiful time we had as kids over there. And slowly, you know, the pictures were coming together and I figured, you know, it would be nice to have an album just, just for friends, you know, for families. At that time, we had maybe seven families who gave me pictures. And as I'm sitting on this project, I'm thinking it would be so nice to just have a few words that would go with pictures. And at uh, that time, there was this site called Nasha Klasa, which is today's Facebook. Our classroom for people who don't. This right. is hard that people are just going and visit uh, and they find each other again. They find yeah. friends from school, but also this is a kind of a portal for communication too. So this girl finds me, Anya Koszykowski, who is a student at the University, Jagiellonian University, who is writing a, a thesis, master thesis, master thesis about uh, uh, Jews who lived in Gliwice. Everybody had to choose a town that they were interested in. And um, because her husband was from Gliwice, she decided to write about Gliwice, but she didn't know anybody. So she found in one of the books that was, uh, actually she found something about my brother in one of the books, Życie Przerwane, Life Cut. And she figured it would be easier to find me because I'm younger and actually very successful. She did find me because she found me at the time where I needed somebody who could write, you know? Uh, well, it took us, it took us 10 years to complete the book because the project just got bigger and bigger. And, and uh, there were years where I was so intense on finding every Polish Jew who lived in Gliwice, which was kind of impossible. But thanks to Facebook and, and uh, internet, I kept finding people. And then I kept remembering these people because initially I just remembered vaguely the name. And then slowly, you know, like it's, it's amazing how your mind... Uh, puts pieces when together. Your mind, like puts... The things that are stored in your mind are beyond anything that we could comprehend. They say that we use only 2% of our brain. So the 98% that's hidden, you know, so these people slowly like were, were becoming important to me, you know, and the stories and that there was a Jewish cultural club in Gliwice. There were these Jewish cultural clubs throughout Poland that were established right after the war, yes? I remember um, very, very well this place as I was studying in music uh, school. So I was walking every three, four times a week uh, from my music school 
uh, down to a place where I lived. It took me like 45 minutes uh, one way to go to my place because we didn't have buses there yet when I was young on the tram uh -huh. was getting us to some part uh, of the town. But I was always uh, walking to this corner and lots of time I heard the music, lots of time I saw the gatherings and I would say, yeah, people have so much fun. The ladies were beautifully dressed. They went the yes. party was going on because they had a lot of dance parties. I remember I was maybe 10, yes. 11 years old, you know, Poland is a very safe country, and uh, in this time, uh, I felt and my parents were very safe, allowed me to come back by myself at 9, 8 at night when my school was finished. I was walking there, so sometimes weekends we had also, uh, you know, schooling or little uh, gatherings, so I was always intrigued, like, about the sound of the music, about the people and gorgeous hairs. I really did. So I remember, and I know from these beautiful memories that we are talking about, I also remember how mood of Gliwice changed in 1968. I remember this time because one day was less and less of the sound playing, less and less gathering in front of the club. And, uh, and there were Hasidic Jews. There were a lot of different type of clothing, I'm saying religious clothing. So I, I was young. So for me, obvious, I was, my eyes were open for everything. And, and I was like, why is it so quiet? Why is this? Why is that? And I remember also the time, political time in Poland because in school, certain things uh, were changing. I remember um, more older people than me, they had some, problem with choosing, do they want to belong to, we call this partia, to the, the socialistic uh, partia, how we call this partia in... Uh, in party. Yeah, to party. I remember uh, people being prohibited to go to church, if they sign, and then people hiding going to churches. So that was a very unusual time. And for young persons, sometimes it was overwhelming to trying to understand, you know, but I remember conversations. So... Tell me again, your film tells the story of Jewish inhabitants of Gliwice who for about two decades tried to find their place in post-war Poland. I'm reading this, but this is beautiful. <laughs> and most of them were born in the territory of Second Polish Republic and survived the Second World War and USSR in Russia and reached after, reached Silesia, which is a part of the Poland that Gliwice is sitting there and um, as uh, so they moved a lot of families in this time were allowed to move to Silesia and most of these people wind up somehow somewhere stay for a short time for a longer time in Gliwice and tell me what you remember what do you remember about this time when your parents ne needed to move to Gliwice or wanted to you know it, it's very interesting because I've been thinking a lot lately about what memory is and what we remember as children. Because sometimes we have these selective memories and they always the same and you don't, we don't dig deeper, you know? Lately, because of my daughter who is constantly digging deeper, I started thinking about my past, you know? And... Uh, I remember being insecure. The reason why was because, you know, being Jewish, I felt a little insecure. When we first came to Poland, I had a Russian accent, so I felt a little insecure. 
and were very poor. So these three things together made me feel smaller, you know, but that didn't stop me to enjoy great Polish music. The Jewish club where we dance, where I learned how to actually draw and paint. And it's funny, not funny, it's interesting how you mentioned these beautifully dressed women. Every Saturday they had these amazing events and everybody would get dressed. Listen, the, the, the war ended only 23 years earlier. They all lost their families. This was the time for them to, to really truly enjoy themselves. They had a great time. They started out earlier. No, not all, only 23 years. No, no. Because they came in the 50s. Right, that's true. I shouldn't say why. I apologize. We left 23 years. But yeah, it started It started much earlier. The, the, the Jewish club was like an outlet. In the 50s. In, right, right. started in the 50s. was an outlet for, for them just to enjoy themselves. Because people and later, are coming to, to Gliwice after World War II. So we are talking about after 1945, uh, 6, 7, 8, and then this is the biggest time that a lot of right. uh, Polish Jews, uh, Jewish people in families were already uh, settling and they felt like they belong to this part of the town as lots of them also start leaving Grivice and for sure most of them left in 19. Eventually, yes. Hey, but for that, no, but 45, 46 after. Yeah, Kelsey. a lot. Right after Kelsey pogrom in 1946, thousands of uh, Polish Jews left because that you know they got scared. You know that stuff will be happening again. But I just want to mention the fact of of my the reason why I wanted to have this book was to show the good life. You know, it was about good memories, and. Later on, talking to these women who are already in their 80s, you know, I just found out incredible, interesting thing that they all just let go. Let go, meaning that they were like so free, not only with dancing and getting dressed, but also with sex. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, no, but to me, it's very interesting. They, they went through so much trauma that for them, just, you know, this was their short time to really let go before 1968. So later on, I heard the stories about my mom and about my mom's friends. Good for them, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I love this about your movie. And I'm really, really hoping that people who are watching and listening to our show, they will take uh, 30 minutes of their time in uh, life and sit in front of YouTube, visit YouTube and really, really watch this movie. Movie is in Polish, but subtitle in English. So it's no big deal. Everybody can understand. And I really think we will be not only thinking and understanding a lot of, lot of friends and families that are living around us, because we know that we are surrounded by people who are coming from all around the world, in America, in London. I'm not in London, in Poland too. You know, there was a country that was welcoming a lot of people uh, also from outside in hard hard time in Poland. So it's like we are this melting pot, but we will more understand our friends who are smiling, like you smiling, like you, uh, Michael, you're smiling. And But our parents, even when they were smiling, they had more reasons to cry sometimes, a lot of crying, yeah. and the choices that they needed to make. And you show the choices in the movie when they needed to send their children away from Vivice from Poland just to secure 
their life, even when they didn't know that the life will be for them secure somewhere else. Like yeah. And also interesting fact is that when we're younger, we don't question our parents. We're just, you know, so selfish in our own little bubble. We, most of us have regrets that we didn't ask our parents questions, but also, you know, our parents really didn't want to talk about these things. They yeah. really didn't. My father, you know, I want to mention a little bit of my life story, which is, oh, Larissa, it's a little similar. My daddy was born in Ukraine. He was a Polish part of Ukraine, close to Lvov, Shnyatin, a small little tiny uh, place. And his mother was Ukrainian. My grandma, Ukrainian, beautiful lady. She was married to... Polish army gentlemen who just left uh, with army before end of the war towards Poland and practically never came back. So left her uh, in Siap in this tiny little place um, with few children. And when time came that Polish people who lived in Russia could come back from the booth to Silesia, happened Silesia too, so my father, brothers and sisters with my Ukrainian grandma, they moved to Gliwice for different reasons. So they gave them a little small house, very close to cemetery, big cemetery, you know, in Shobishovice, uh -huh. but a beautiful little place. And they took over house the German people needed to leave like that. In one day, in one night, they asked half of, you know, this part of Gliwice who were, uh, you know, German people were living there safely for many years, thought that that's their part of uh, right. Poland. They were German before World War II. What a crazy world. So they left. So my grandma, she didn't, she refused to learn Polish. She really refused. And she uh, spoke uh, Ukrainian uh, to us, um, whatever we could understand. But they were talking to us and they said that there was food, bread on the tables when they were entering somebody else's homes because they brought almost nothing in from Russia too, from above. And everything was like somebody left a moment ago. So very unusual situation. And my father, of course, in love, lots of people, everybody almost spoke Polish uh, because that was Polish part of, of uh, Russia. So my father had no problem, with it, but he was like 15 years old. He just didn't meet his father until later in life when... Um, my mom and my father tried to find him somewhere, somewhere. So they met him for a moment before he died. So, and they never talked about anything, anything. I had a chance to go back to find through Red Cross, my father's family in Sniatin, Vorokta, Lvov, because that's when my father remembered his youth until he was 15, 16 years old. So my mother was, she was an amazing lady. She always wanted to find the truth. And she just wrote to Red Cross and she was for years looking uh, to find out where my father's family is that he was growing up with. And then we found them. We had amazing few vacations uh, that as a young girl, I remember. And I remember a lot of that's another story beautifully, but I, I saw the similarity, you know, exactly a little similarity. So, and like I say, I'm sure we were hugging the same people when we were young. And, um, and Interesting. I, rem I remember the best, like you remember, I don't remember anything wrong. All that we are getting, we really are focusing on the good memories and your movie is beautifully uplifting. And like I said, heartwarming. So I cannot wait, you know, to watch again. And I will be asking my friends, I will sending links so they can really see and see your journey. So now, okay, you are like 14, 15 years old. Let's keep you in Gliwice. And I want to talk to Michael a little bit about his journey from uh, Siberia to Poland. 
and will yes, go I, I back to, to, you know, both of you going back to America because that's where you both met, yes, in yes, America. So, okay, I, Mark, your turn. I, I was born in a small town, uh, Isinko. It, it was like 120 kilometers from Omsk on Siberia. And uh, my family landed in the labor camps uh, until uh, 41. And then when there was a, a understanding between uh, Polish immigration government and, and Stalin's, Stalin government to, to let people out to form Polish army, etc., etc. So we were released and my father uh, got a job in Isinku. And he was uh, he was a uh, miller. He was and <clears throat> mill, uh, flower. He worked in a flower mill. Oh, okay, yes, flower mill. So in in uh, in the first opportunity that was in like 1946, we uh, we returned to Poland to uh, Wrocław, and we stayed in Wrocław maybe half a year. And we didn't like it there because it was very dangerous. There were still shootings, uh, robberies, etc. So uh, my father went to back to Lublin, and he got a little apartment uh, with the family, and brought us brought us back to Lublin in 1947. And so we lived in Lublin until '68. So same time, same time when Larissa, you, as a 15, 14, younger, whatever, younger, very girl. Left, left Gliwice at 14. By the time we arrived to New York, I was 15. Amazing. So what a similar story. I know that you, Michael, you are a very popular singer in Poland. We love you. We love you. So in a way, you are living... In, uh, heart in Lublin, because we know Lublin is one of the sweetest, the most beautiful, the smartest town in Poland, which yeah. so many artists are born or raised there, and so many intellectual people are there. And Poland, like hopefully everybody in the world knows, is the hottest country for cultures event, for growing intellectual people, for writers and science people. And we have so many beautiful brains there who sometimes are leaving, but most of them are coming back. So we know that you both are now in Warsaw, in and out from America to Warsaw, Warsaw, Warsaw. So when we are talking your story, Larissa, and you being 14, and you are going to America, how secure you and your parents thought that you will be okay in America, leaving everything behind in Poland? Your parents lived there for many, many years. They worked there, so they left house. They left everything there where they had friends. And now they went yeah. to America for what? They, do they knew people there? How was your life there? Well, uh, of Jewish organizations help us move, so they, they secured hotels for us. I went to school to learn English in Italy, which is huge, but more than anything, you know, thinking back, my parents just wanted to, you know, they, they couldn't get sentimental. They just needed to do what had to be done. Also, you know, interesting thing is that 
all their friends were leaving at the same time. So power in numbers, you know, we were only allowed to take $5 per family with us, you know? So that, that was, you know, kind of going into unknown, but we were going together. There were going five families who were friends for past 10 years together, you know, 20 years. For me as a child, going with my friends outside, you know, it was extremely painful for me to leave my street. And I cried every time I spoke about this, I, I, I cried until the book came out. And I would just, I, I could talk about this freely, but we're all in the car. And for the last time, I just turned around and I'm getting emotional actually again. I'm turning around and I see how my street disappears knowing that we have one way ticket, you know. It, it was, you know, but I, I kept in touch with my friends. I still am in touch with my best girlfriend from Gliwice. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm an adventurous kind of person for me to, to go to Italy, a place that I would see on postcards in my girlfriend's house, I would dream of being in Rome, dream. And, and here we are going to Italy and I'm going with my friends. So kind of maybe, maybe the scale was even because I missed my childhood, my friends, Gliwice, everything. I missed it for many years, but on the other hand, my life was so wild in experience because it was 1969, the hippies, Woodstock, you know, New York. It was just... <laughs> Poor yeah. parents, they thought, oh my gosh, where did I send my child? <laughs> you know what, parents were so busy putting their lives together that we actually had freedom to do what we wanted to do. And listen, at 16, I went to work. I worked in the clinic. So I went to school, I studied, I worked, I partied hard, I must say. <laughs> but listen, everything turned out okay. Absolutely. So, and you know, uh, yes. You know, also what's incredible that Michael and me, we would circulate in the same circles for years and we never met. We met each other at the right exact time when we needed to. That's so amazing. I'm hoping they will touch a little bit of this part of your life. If not, we need to do part two uh, of our show because <laughs> our lives are pretty interesting. Mine too. And but both yes. of us is just amazing. So now you are in New York and now, Michael, you are leaving uh, your town. Yes, Lublin in 1968 also. And where did you go? Well, actually, I didn't want to leave because uh, I had a girlfriend at the time and I was commuting from Lublin to Warsaw, staying on and off in Warsaw with her. And, um, and actually, actually, she persuaded me to, to leave. And she said that, you know, there's no future here and uh, we can build together new life. Um, I think she wanted to get rid of you. You know, every time you talk about this, I say she, oh. she pushed you to the oh, okay. <laughs> She had a business, and you know how 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 was to run business in the communist time, constantly. Uh, um, you know the uh, financial uh, uh, penalties she would get, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they will not, she she would not get a passport to come to Vienna because I was waiting for her, for her in Vienna and, and we could live together, get married and live together to New York. 
So she never, in respect, if I, I'm glad that she didn't get a passport. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but Listen, it was, even if she would get the passport, probably so many years later, you still wouldn't be together. I don't know, no, meant to be what I really believe in that. What, what is meant to be is meant to be. So you are uh, waiting for your ex-girlfriend. She is not getting a passport. Then you somehow are going by yourself. So I extended my stay illegally in, in Austria, now. And, and at five o'clock in, in the morning, there was a knock in the door, hotel door, the police came and they took me to the station. And the, the guy who was interviewing me, he had a, he was screaming at me like hell. And, and I not, noticed that he had a, uh, without one hand, he probably lost it on the Stalingrad. <laughs> Being in the, in the uh, German army, he was screaming. So uh, I, they contacted the, uh, uh, the organization uh, Hayas, and they came back. Uh, they, get, they immediately came to pick me up and sent me the next day on a plane to New York. Yeah. We, you both are now in New York. So I will go back uh, because we stopped talking about your beautiful uh, movie. And again, uh, can you give us a title of the movie? Pitstop Glivice. How you spell Glivice? Pitstop Glivice. Can you spell for people who want to go and see uh, the title and find. Of course, it's on YouTube. Yes. Right, it's Glivice. on YouTube. Can you tell us, Glivice? G-L-I-W-I-C-E. So, um, so again, when we uh, we left that, you were living in 1968, Glivice. And so not everybody, I'm reading again, beautiful description about the movie. Not everybody had long-term plans with Poland. Vivica was the, for them, only place of safety when traveling to Israel, America, Australia. There were also those who intended to stay in Vivica for a few weeks and eventually stayed for years. The events of March 68 made all the heroes of this story realized that Gliwice and Poland were only stop on the way uh, who still have difficulties answering questions about home and homeland. And that's what is the story in your film. We have a people really remembering the good, the little, not good, the bad, but overall, like I said, the movie is so heartwarming. So please, please, please go to YouTube watch the 30 minutes of this great, great movie. And obviously what is uh, important, then Stacy Cage, very known, very known American Polish actor, uh, reads the intro to your movie. And we have also few Polish wonderful actors who are reading uh, the Polish version of uh, conversations memory. Those, are, those are the letters, letters that I received from Heroes of the book. And Dorota Stalinska, Olga Bonchuk, Piotr Zelt, Eugene and Malinowski. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, again, art film. So please, again, we need to watch uh, this one part of history and part of lives of my friends and a lot of friends that we uh, live around. So thank you about for sharing uh, because our accent on is uh, going fast, fast, fast. And we need to talk also about the song, maybe, let's say the song that ends of the movie will be played in the end of our interview, because sometimes Facebook and Instagram is just cutting off uh, 
the music, um, so they have right to do this. Uh, so if we cannot uh, hear it, for sure, LA Talk Radio is playing whole our interview with song in the end, that's for sure. So this song was very important, yes? Uh, Michael, could you tell us a little bit about this yes, song? Yes, uh, the song, the, the song it was written by uh, Adam Abramek uh, uh, and uh, Andrzej Sikorowski. Andrzej Sikorowski is from Krakow. And we were, uh, th there was the 50th, 50th anniversary of uh, March 1968. So we, we were thinking about uh, some writing about this event. And uh, we contacted Andrzej and he was excited to, to, to help us. And he wrote these beautiful lyrics that are very up to date. And it's not only uh, relates to the, our immigration, but relates to immigration of a lot of people, Polish people who went to England to spread the, to all other countries, as well as the ones who are on the border with the Belarusian Poland. So it's very, I think it's a very important song. What is the title of the song? It's, it's called My Journey. My Journey. And like I said, we will be adding to end of our show. I will post links uh, for the audio. So if people want to come back to uh, Accent on Page or go to LA Talk Radio Accent on Page in archives, they can listen, they can download, they can have the song or find on a YouTube uh, where the song is possibly uh, being. And I hope uh, that this part of the song is in the movie with the English translation. So I hope that this is not going to be cut. Yeah, uh, so next, uh, next we have photographer, we have an artist, we have an artist, a, a big one. So I was watching so many of your great uh, pictures and I'm like, wow, we need to show them. So everybody who is listening to our show, please go to Facebook and Instagram because we will be showing the, the pictures and visuals are very, very important. So please, please, we have like, I think 10 minutes uh, to just uh, talk about your photography and tell us about exhibits, Golden Ring of Russia, 2018, then in Brasilia, 2018, and then works during pandemic. So we'll be having these three topics and pictures behind you. So let's talk about Ring of Russia. Okay. Um, actually, I was hanging this exhibit called To Free Yourself, which was probably the most powerful exhibit for me. I did it at the very painful time of my life and it just came to me like this, all the painful thoughts of everybody needs to free themselves of something. We all are prisoners of something in our minds. And this was being hanged at this restaurant, Ukuhaji, Adam Gessler's restaurant, which I'm very grateful that, that he wanted this exhibit in this prestigious restaurant. And a director of a Russian uh, cultural institute happened to be eating there. And uh, he saw my works and Adam introduced me to him. And he said, look, you know, very interesting. I said, look, I was just in Russia and I photographed uh, May Day Parade. You know, I could bring you, he says, oh, very interesting. Can we meet? So actually, you know what? I'm gonna show you something. Or maybe Should I won't show you, where's my book? Right. Where's the book? Okay, never mind. I thought the book is here. I, I made this book called um, 
probably, I don't know what it's called, but anyway, it's about the Golden Ring of Russia and the Moscow. And when he saw the pictures from this Golden Ring of Russia, those are like 14th, 15th century small towns where uh, architecture preserved, that, that um, religious architecture preserved. I, when we were going there, I had no idea how powerful, how beautiful, how mystical these places are. And I, I put this in my book. So when he saw this, he says, look, we need to do exhibit on that. And they sponsored this completely. The pictures were with about 22 pieces that we did huge pieces. And I think I did so well that it started circulating in different towns. And then I had an opening in Krakow. At the opening, I didn't know, they didn't tell me that this was the 10th anniversary of all the Russian cultural institutes in European Union. And you know, they, so they, they uh, welcomed me, they gave me flowers. Uh, all of a sudden, I have these people running to me, representatives from Dresden, from uh, Valencia, Riga. Oh, this exhibit has to be here. It was just so overwhelming to me. And, you know, I was invited to exhibit and then pandemic struck, of course. So that was the end of that. But uh, a new Russian Cultural Institute is being opened in Krakow in December and they opening with this exhibit. And in March, we're going to be in Lublin with it. So that's oh my God, I'm hoping, hoping I can be in Poland with my daughter and we'll be there and see your exhibition. I always wanted Love to that. go to Lublin because this is so special town. I want to show my daughter uh, Natasha Miraya Poland more. She loves Poland. Well, let's plan a few few towns. So this is a time to discover a lot of cultures, event, and having you there with your art. That would be great. Let's amazing. do it. We cannot skip Brasilia. So tell us a little bit about this topic, Brasilia, in photo photography about Brasilia. Well, no, not only that, we have to start from the beginning. Very interesting. We were at the Eva Kuklinska's uh, show in the theater Very and nice. Mike, in Warsaw, and Michael had his CD. Uh, those uh, cities don't exist anymore. Beautiful uh, uh, Jewish music, Polish lyrics, very ambitious, beautiful lyrics. Kasia Kowalska wrote lyrics to one of them. And so Michael gave the CD to a uh, ambassador, Polish ambassador to Brazil, just because we met vaguely once and he's, he happened to have to see why he gave, I, we don't know, power from above. A couple of months later, Michael receives some, no, whatever, time later, Michael receives a letter that uh, we would like to uh, organize a tour of Brazil, in Brazil, Brasilia, Sao Paulo, and Rio. We, you know, the concert, it was just so amazing. So we went and I photographed Brazil. And uh, then the ambassador asked me if I would like to exhibit my work alongside with Brazilian artists. That was wonderful. So we also had this in few places. And then wonderful. we will, of course, in time when we are talking, again, people who cannot see because they are listening on LA Talk Radio for, on, in, all around the world, hopefully. Please go to Accent on um, Radio TV. Uh, I will be having uh, our interview visuals there, posted, uh, and also on Instagram under Ilona Europa. So please uh, watch there. And I cannot wait because the pictures are amazing too. So last moment, we have a little bit of time, not bad, so I'm not rushing. 
because we need to talk about pandemic. We need to talk about COVID. You, both of you were in New York. Yes, you stayed in New York. You, yes. Yeah, you live in New York. So you didn't stay in home. You took your camera and you start making, you know what, very, in a way, uplifting. Some of them are very uplifting, the, the pictures. I just love it about this. So tell us about your work in time of pandemic. It's almost a year and a half of all our lives. Well, we also, we also made a beautiful video to Michael's old song, the words, two beams, standing on the balcony. So it, it was a little nerve wracking because, you know, this pandemic at the beginning was a great unknown, you know, and we were at the epicenter of pandemic in, in America, Brooklyn was just ravaged by it, especially where, where we lived. So we were afraid to even leave the house. But at one point we said, no, you know, this needs to be documented, cannot do this. So we went, we filmed empty New York in April, which is just so beautiful. And so we, we created, it is also on YouTube, Na Balconie, beautiful, beautiful video. And also I, I started doing a lot of collages because I was thinking to do this exhibit in, in Warsaw in, in, uh, in Poland called three, three Months in, in New York. But then of course it just, nobody thought it's gonna be, you know, two years later and we're still in it. But also I was invited to um, a virtual show Polish artists, uh, how they see pandemic. So I created a couple of collages. I do a lot of my work using Photoshop. A lot of my work is really based on collages because to me, it's a form of expressing the feeling of the situation even more than what you already see because sometimes pictures are flat. And even if you look at something so important that projects the, the situation, it's still not projecting it enough. So I add my little delicate innuendos here and there. They were not so delicate in this uh, particular situation with, uh, with the pandemic. And uh, no, now um, we're on to new projects. Yeah, and now you're in, in Warsaw. Both of you are in Warsaw. I know that uh, Michael is singing. You are, of course, like always, you have a lot of time to photograph Warsaw and not only Warsaw and you are working on your future uh, exhibition. So I am so excited for that. And I understand we heard you will be back, both of you for two, three months in America and then back to Poland because you have some plans in Poland. So I think um, we cannot end our show without talking a little bit about your beautiful, talented daughter who just, uh, yeah, and I had the pleasure to meet, but I think we both are proud parents. So could you tell us a little bit her name and what she's doing? Well, very proud of Roxy. Roxy's stage name is Signora Directora because at one point Roxy, Roxy does music videos. She directs, she, she writes scripts and directs music videos. But also now, as of last week, Roxy got signed up with an advertising agency 
which is, you know, and she also got signed up with the Directors Guild of America, which is huge. I'm very proud of her, yes. But also I have to say, she used to design clothes as well, Mikey Sida, because coincidentally, Mikey is wearing her design from Virginia. Look at yeah. it. Can we so order? Can people order somewhere these great uh, shirts? I think she still has few things left, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, if somebody wants Betty, they need to find you on uh, Instagram, which your Instagram is? Mine is Larenia, L-A-R-Y-N-I-A, but Larissa Baldovin, Larenia will come up. And also my daughter, Roxy Baldovin, Signora Directora. Very bold stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Very proud of her. And, you know, I look at her because now she made me realize how to look deeper into yourself, which I never did. I was just happy-go-lucky. Whatever I saw here was okay. Now I'm more looking in. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's painful. And I'm so proud of her because, see, America is gives you this possibility that sky's the limit. You could do anything you want to do, and you have to be passionate she works 24 hours a day, I must say. She constantly works on herself, and, but it shows in her art, you know? So it, like I live vicariously through her and she also pushed me to do a lot what I'm doing now because I became very, very, um, I, I started doing a lot of work and believing in myself more after she discovered my artwork on my computer. And this is when she gave me this major push. That was the beginning for me. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful yes. story. So. I just but, like to. But I, I also want to say how beautiful this. I always admire how much you work with your daughter, that you're always together, and it's just so wonderful. Yes, I know we are so lucky, and I'm hopefully people so lucky. who are watching our our show, they understand that family means everything to us, and we are lucky that our children are better version of ourselves. We are all artists, yes. but always our children are taking all of the uh, to bigger, higher level, and that's how it's yes. to be in life. And again, you know, today we are uh, talking with my friends, Larissa Baldavin, who, uh, you are an artist, graphic designer, photographer, writer, filmmaker, and her husband, Michael uh, Hoffman, who is very known, Polish singer, writer, bard, like I mentioned, and uh, constantly touring and singing and making our life more beautiful through have- songs. And one more time, I'm hoping everybody who is listening and watching our beautiful interview, go and spend 30 minutes on YouTube and see and enjoy heartwarming documentary that is called Pit Stop Gliwice. G-L-I-W-I-C-E. Thank you so much for today. Until next time. Thank you so much. We really appreciate this. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A może po prostu jest tak, że moją ojczyzną jest świat i wszędzie mój dom i obczyzna i na tym polega ojczyzna. Na Tirtysze w Syberii zaczęło się Wszystko pewnie biografkie Tyś napisze, że niemieckie noszę nazwisko Czytuliła mnie 
Szło się rozstać nogu piorun z jasnego nieba A może po prostu jest tak Że moją ojczyzną jest świat I wszędzie mój dom i ojczyzna I na tym polega ojczyzna A może po prostu jest tak Że moją ojczyzną jest świat Żadnych nie trzeba paszportów By nocą zawinąć do portu pod wiatr Na walizce setki nalepek i adresów P Katy notę sam przede mną już Tylko jesień za plecami ileś tam wiosen September 1st, 1939, Germany invaded Poland. Shortly afterwards, on September 17th, the Soviet Union took control of the eastern part of Poland and incorporated it into the USSR. These refugees were exiled to remote areas of USSR. Co tam się działo? Ja nigdy nie zapomnę, ludzie się celowali na ulicę, bo bywali, histerii dostawali. Nikt nie wierzył, że to jest koniec. Cesi cała rodzina z początku się jej wyrzekła. Polka, katoliczka, wychodzi za mąż za mocno starszego Żyda, rozwodnika i z dwojgiem dzieci. Ona musiała Szulima bardzo, bardzo kochać. Jak byłam mała, nie wiedziałam, że jestem Żydówką. Pytałam, co to znaczy, a mama mi wtedy powiedziała jedną frazę, która mi została na całe życie. Jesteś Żydówką, to prawda, ale nigdy nie masz się tego wstydzić, a zawsze masz się tym szczycić.
Nasza rodzina nie była religijna. Tata pochodził z religijnej rodziny, ale sam nienawidził religii. W II wojnie światowej zginęła cała jego rodzina. On uważał, że żydowski Bóg nie istnieje. Nie mów nigdy, że to twój ostatni krok. Niepogodne kryje w sobie ciemny mrok. Jeszcze przyjdzie dzień stęskniony naszych snów. I za dudni krok nasz, my jesteśmy znów. You're listening to Accent On with Alona Europa. Right here on LA Talk Radio.